I want to now take a moment just to introduce uh, Miriam Neptune, who will be the moderator uh, for this event. Uh, we're very fortunate that she's our colleague here, and um, in addition to the work that she does in the library, she is a video producer who documented collaborations between Haitian Women for Haitian Refugees and the movement of Haitian Dominican women from 2004 to 2010. Her video, Birthright Crisis, um, we'll see that in just a minute, and it's an award-winning documentary depicting the cycle of deportation and violence faced by Dominicans of Haitian descent. She's currently an instructional media specialist here at Barnard College, and we're very honored to have her with us both this evening and as our colleague, Marion Neptune. Um, welcome, everyone. Um, and I would like to thank Janet Jacobson um, and the former acting director of BCRW, um, Elizabeth Castelli, and all of the BCRW staff who were involved in organizing this event, especially Ann Jonas. Um, thank you also to Pam Phillips and Hope Dector, because this event would not have happened without your constant encouragement and support throughout this year. Um, this event is co-sponsored by Haitian Women for Haitian Refugees, and I want to thank all the members of the HWHR community who are here. Please raise your hands. Let's begin by calling Sonia's name. Sonia? <laughs> Sorry. May not be here in body, but she is here in spirit. Her presence lives on in the presence of her children, Manuela and Leticia Pierre, who traveled a long distance to be here tonight. Thank you. And in, all, in, in the hearts of all who knew her, who worked with her, and who were touched by her example of compassionate leadership. So tonight we acknowledge her and acknowledge her presence by calling her name. Sonia Pierre, presente. Sonia Pierre, presente. Sonia Pierre, vive Sonia Pierre. It is important that we are celebrating Human Rights Day because this is a day that meant so much to Sonia. Every year at this time, her organization, El Movimiento de Mujeres Unidos Dominicano Haitiana, holds a forum on the status of human rights for people of Haitian descent in the Dominican Republic. Sonia started MUDA in 1983 to defend the human rights of minorities in the Dominican Republic, specifically people of Haitian descent. Her organization worked to improve the quality of life for people in the Bateyes, worker communities, which are often deprived of government services. By organizing women and youth in these communities, Muda helped residents to advocate for themselves, building health clinics, schools, libraries, and cooperatives. The work of Muda during disasters such as Hurricane George, Tropical Storm Jean, and many others as well as the nightmare earthquake of 2010, were a model for how to help communities help themselves. I would say that Sonia Pierre and Muda were the original Occupy Sandy. Combating the unequal and humiliating ways that international aid reaches marginalized communities in a disaster, and helping survivors resist the impact of permanent displacement. The mother of four children, Manuela, Carlo, Leticia, and Umberto, she raised many more and was known in many places as Mama, my mother. Sonia traveled around the world to share her message that a country cannot fully develop when women and children are continually subjected to domestic and sexual violence. Ethnic minority communities are denied access to education, healthcare, and civic participation. People with HIV and AIDS are shunned, workers are exploited, and generations of people are forced to make do without documentation of their existence. Each of our guests tonight 
worked with and knew Sonia in different ways. Her eldest daughter, Solange Manuela d'André Pierre, has traveled with her sister, Leticia Pierre, to be here tonight. Thank you again. On the, thank you for coming on the anniversary of your mother's passing. Manuela Pierre is currently studying law at the Autonomous University of Santo Domingo. She accompanied her mother to the UN Conference on Racism in South Africa in 2001, where the seed was planted for her own organization, the Dominican Network of Afro-Descendant Youth. Manuela will discuss the work of, of Grupo Afrodescendientes, a cultural movement which seeks to combat ignorance and support the voices of young people of African descent in the Dominican Republic. Monisha Bajaj, Dr. Monisha Bajaj, a professor of comparative and international education at Columbia's Teachers College, served as a Fulbright Fellow in the Dominican Republic in 2001, where she collaborated with MUDA and several other groups to develop a course in human rights education for Dominican youth. Her curriculum was published by UNESCO. She is the editor of the Encyclopedia of Peace Education, as well as numerous articles on, about critical human rights education in Zambia and India. On a personal note, um, Monisha was an organizer of a 2003 event at Columbia University on Haitian-Dominican relations, where I was first introduced to Sonia Pierre. Ninaj Raul is the director of Haitian Women for Haitian Refugees a Brooklyn-based organization that for 20 years has been supporting the Haitian refugee and immigrant community in the effort to live a life with dignity in the United States. A former fashion journalist, Ninaj found her calling while working as a translator for Haitian detainees at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, along with Marie-Lily Serra, who's also here, Ninaj started HWHR to provide services such as English classes, workers' rights orientations, referrals to healthcare services and housing, and legal assistance to asylum seekers who settled in New York City, as well as advocating to end discriminatory practices that make it impossible for Haitians to immigrate legally to the US. Ninaj met Sonia Pierre in 1994 and in time, HWHR and MUDA collaborated on several projects, including disaster relief. Please give our panelists a round of applause. So now I'm briefly going to um, talk about the birthright crisis video, and we'll play that. The birthright crisis video is an example of one of the collaborations between HWHR and MUDA. It was created as an introduction to the violence and legal persecution faced by 1.6 million people of Haitian descent who live in the Dominican Republic. As a warning, let me just say that the video reflects the conditions under which it was produced. It is not slick or broadcast ready. It was produced without funding during a real crisis. Um, the crisis was the spontaneous and ad hoc deportations of thousands of Haitians and black Dominicans to Haiti because of the killing of a Dominican woman in 2005. The video was a labor of passion and outrage and, and a reaction to the incredible scale of violence that was taking place. Sonia sent tapes of television recordings to us. Um, Ninaj traveled to the border to record interviews with deportees and I shot events that took place in New York City. And together we created something that could be used as a challenge to the erasure of Haitian voices and the voices of Dominican solidarity by the mainstream press. We've used this video in schools, universities, and other meetings of progressive communities um, to raise awareness about the untenable nature of this situation. So after the video, the speakers will share their experiences and thoughts about the birthright issue, and we will have a discussion. Thank you for that powerful video, Ninaj and Miriam. It's really amazing to see the, the voices of people and, and the, the effects of the xenophobia and racism that exists um, so visually powerful. I saw the film when you first made it immediately after that, and 
so it's really powerful to revisit it. Um, as Maria mentioned, I'm Monisha Bajaj. I'm a professor at Teachers College. Um, I work on human rights and peace education. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about my contact with Sonia, some of the work around education um, that she and I collaboratively worked on. Um, I first met Sonia in 1997. I went down to the Dominican Republic um, to work on my master's thesis on the situation of Haitian, women of Haitian descent in the Bateyes, or sugarcane plantation communities in the Dominican Republic. And you know, all the information one reads about human rights in a textbook or gets from professors in a lecture class, I feel like Sonia was my first true teacher of human rights, seeing how she translated through her own work and the movement of Dominican Haitian women, um, these lofty international principles into on the ground organizing, um, activism, effective advocacy for better conditions um, for the people that she worked with and represented. Um, after that experience of meeting with Muda and getting to know their work and doing some research, some community based research in the Batayes. Um, I went on to work at Human Rights Watch and learned a bit more about some of the issues in the Dominican Republic. Um, and I went back as a Fulbright scholar in 2000 and 2001 to develop um, sort of to address this gap between the human rights community that often has beautiful pamphlets and great information um, that's directed towards individuals and donors and educators who often don't have a lot of access to organizations who may be working in the same community. So to bridge that gap and work with human rights activists, particularly those working on the issue of statelessness for Dominicans of Haitian descent, to create curriculum and offer that curriculum to youth in the Dominican Republic who could be allies um, and could sort of combat the stereotypes and racism that are passed down um, if they had a chance to learn about it, perhaps through the classroom. Um, Sonia was a gracious and supportive um, advisor on this project for the year I was there. I um, worked with a lot of the MUDA staff to take a lot of their materials and a lot of the information that they had collected for reports um, and translated into curricular materials for an eighth grade class um, that we then worked with and, um, and created a curriculum. For a lot of the children, as you could see from this video, um, this kind of violence doesn't just erupt um, in, a, in a singular moment in 2005. There's a long history of hundreds of years um, of tension and history and contested history and narratives um, that have allowed this kind of violence to continue to erupt in different moments. So you have both the official textbooks in the Dominican Republic that present people of Haitian descent in a very negative light, and then sort of the hidden curriculum that kids get at home, where they're told that a boogeyman might come who's a Haitian, that a Haitian might eat them if they don't eat the rest of their dinner or be, misbehave. So countering that in the classroom proved to be um, a big challenge, just in terms of humanizing people of Haitian descent. Um, some of the MUDA staff came and spoke with the students, and a lot of the students talked about it being the first time that they actually um, had a meaningful, had meaningful contact with someone of Haitian descent. Um, and a lot of those sort of experiences went into the curriculum that was developed. Um, that is actually all online if you speak Spanish, and I brought some copies if people are interested here too. There's a lot of lessons um, on this issue, as well as on issues of gender violence, police abuse, and other issues as well. Um, as I was down there for the year, Sonia asked me to um, translate for a team of lawyers from UC Berkeley that were coming down to work on the Dilcia and Violeta case that was going on. So I had a chance to meet with Dilcia and Violeta, um, their families, visit their schools, visit the Bate where Sonia was born, um, and really kind of get to know the issues. And as the film shows, the fact that this case was... Um, declared victorious by the Inter-American Court was a landmark victory, actually, in the field of human rights. It was the first time the Inter-American Court um, upheld the social and economic rights to education um, in any Latin American country bringing a case before this court in its decades-long history. So it was actually a very historic case, and it's very unfortunate that the Dominican Republic has changed their laws to get around implementing the right of people who are born in their territory and should be full citizens. It's really um, a true injustice. 
Something that I saw uh, getting to know Sonia and working with her over the years um, and that I really value is her ability to bring in people as allies, build effective coalitions. Um, there's so many um, supporters of hers around the world in the Dominican Republic. Um, and I just think that she was a tremendous force for positive social activism, social change um, through her own life and her, her own legacy. Um, I wanted to also let you know that one of my fabulous students at Teachers College, Garvey Pierre, he's there in the back, has been spending this whole semester working on a curriculum to teach about this issue for people in middle and, up and high school, um, primarily in the US. So if you're interested in working in an in-school or out-of-school setting and teaching about this issue using Miriam's film, um, teaching about the legacy of Sonia, we'll have that curriculum ready in a few weeks. And we have a sign-up sheet. If you want to put your name and email, we'll send it out to you. Um, and I also want to thank uh, Miriam for organizing this event and for inviting me. Um, I'm happy to talk to people, too, in the question and answer session. I know the time is short, so I, I want to move on to the other speakers. But thank you all for coming today and for honoring Sonia. Good evening, and thank you all for coming out this evening. So um, as Miriam mentioned earlier, I had met Sonia for the first time in 1994 when there was a Haitian Women's Conference in New York City, and there was a particular section on um, Haitian women that work with refugees, but they were women from all over. Um, Sonia being from the Dominican Republic, there was someone from the Bahamas and, and different states in the, um, in the US. And so it was a good opportunity for all of us to, to connect and, and exchange on the different issues that are facing the, the refugees, the different refugee groups that we're working with. So from that point on, um, we connected, and uh, a few years later, there was a disaster in Dominican Republic in 1998. And there were, um, I, I saw that, you know, there were like landslides, and it, it seemed that they had shelters, but um, Haitians were not allowed to come into them. And there was this one just landslide, a school that, that just left and um, that slipped away and 59 people died instantly. And I could tell from the news that these folks are Haitian. So I remembered Sonia and I said, well, let me call and see how they're doing. And that's when um, we really started working together and she told us what they were facing and what, what kind of solidarity help they could use. And we basically you know, got down there right away. And so this happened time and time because um, both uh, the population, the, the Dominicans of Haitian descent and Haitians living in the Dominican Republic and Haitians in, living in Haiti have obviously been faced with um, numerous crises over the years. So this happened over and over. Where as soon as um, some sort of disaster happened, one of us would call each other and pick up the phone and say, you know, let's, let's get on it. So partnering with um, Sonia over the years has impacted the work of Haitian women for Haitian refugees. In, in countless ways, but it, today it continues to be an influence on our work. Um, it's helped us to see the importance of connecting different struggles, um, human rights struggles, in the social justice movement, and, and across borders and cross-culturally. One thing that I've learned from working with Sonia is that we can take huge tasks on, head on, even though our organizations are small. Because quite often you think you, you're limited in capacity when your organizations are small, but, but the, um, which is true. But the advantage of it is that you don't have all the bureaucracy to go through before you have to act on something. So we can respond quicker. And so that was the case in the many endeavors that we took on together. Um, the most recent huge disaster was um, the uh, earthquake in Haiti in 2010. And as others um, disasters in the past, she would go down there. And they would go like literally um, the day after and just drive across the border when um, something happened. And, and then they'd come back the next day and call and say, um, what can you do? What can you bring? This is what we have. This is what we have. So this happened the day after the earthquake. They went in, came back a day later and said, this is what they say, this, this is what they saw. And, and we were able to, to um, 
mobilize support on this end over here for particular things like like um, medication and things that you can't get in the, um, the Dominican Republic because it's too expensive. And we would get down there right away and, and um, she would always take it to another level. In this case, um, they, they, we ended up working in different areas, but settling in Leogan, which was the epicenter of the um, earthquake. And she had this vision to build a women's center for the different women's groups that were in the Leogan area. And it, it seemed challenging if anyone has gone down to Haiti and tried to do work because of the lack of infrastructure, it is very challenging. But indeed, the, the, the center is built and there was a long three-year plan to uh, transfer it to, so that the women of, can take it over. And we're, on that, we're going on that third year now. So it was a dream that Sonia had that was realized. Um, one thing I've, I've definitely learned from Sonia was um, the importance of raising awareness on an international scale of your work. Because um, the women of Muda often felt alone because of the type of work that they were doing and the anti-Haitianism that's going on in the Dominican Republic, it was important for them to get support from outside of the Dominican Republic. And Sonia always felt that was particular and important for the um, diaspora in the U.S., in particular the, the Dominican community, to be involved, but the Haitian community as well, to support the um, situation of Haitians and Dominicans of Haitian descent in the Dominican Republic. In 2004, I'm, um, Haitian Women for Haitian Refugees is part of a... Um, large uh, domestic workers' rights movement that helped pass a bill, in, a historic bill in New York State, Domestic Workers' Bill of Rights. And in 2004, I had gone to Geneva to take a training in um, UN presenting human rights cases to the UN. And when I finished taking the training, I thought, you know, as I've always thought, I, I, I've always thought that it was just ridiculous. What's, what's the UN going to do? What difference does it make? And I often think that today, too. But um, one thing that I learned from Sonia in her work, because I watch her year after year go all around the world on these international human rights platforms and presenting the cases of the, situa the, the Haitians in the Dominican Republic and Dominicans of Haitian descent. And she didn't have a choice, because it wasn't going to get done in, in um, the Dominican Republic. You saw in the um, video that time and time, they've, they're even reversing the policies and making it worse for Haitians today. So um, she would go to these, bravely would go to these international um, platforms, international courts, and present these cases. And there would be victories. And I realized that a lot of what you have to do is, in, in using the, the, these international human rights platforms, is shaming people to shaming governments and shaming policymakers to doing the right thing. And it took me years to realize that. And we continue to do it even here in our work, um, our local work with the domestic workers. We've, you know, and comparing these two situations, again, it's, it's an, a great example of, of how we connect our struggles because they're the same. We're, we're all faced with the same struggles. Muda was founded by women to combat disparities that women are having faced by women that are living in the Bate. Oftentimes, if a woman wasn't married to, to somebody, they wouldn't have certain rights. So there were already the problems that the Haitians living in the Dominican Republic have anyway, but it was even harder as a woman. The video you just watched, um, I remember when Sonia first called, we don't like, I, I never like to use video or video people or photograph people when we're doing our work because I feel like it's such an invasion and certainly there's always an influx of, of photographers whenever people are in trouble. If there's anything we don't have a shortage of, it's photographers. So <laughs> no offense to any photographers out here. And so, um, so when, when that situation happened and they were having massive deportations in 2005, it was about 
11,000 Haitians had been deported from Dominican Republic to Haiti in, within one month, from May to June in 2005, which was a huge number. So, and when we talk about these deportations, they're not like the deportations that we have here in the U.S., where you get, where you get a, a notice from the immigration and you have to show up to court and you have to prove your case. You're walking down the street. Most of the women that I met and interviewed for that video, they were just walking down the street, five, six in the morning, and they just get picked up, by, not by immigration officials, but the US by, the, by the Dominican military. And in some cases, they were rapes, you know. I met students that were um, gang raped by the military. A couple of, in particular that were, um, that had never stepped in Haiti before. And they were teenagers preparing for an exam. And, and you know, the, um, some people, I met a lot of women that had to leave their children behind. They didn't get a chance to, you know, go pick up their kids. And it's particularly challenging. Those are examples of, of some of the challenges that women have in general. So that's why it's important. I, I think that um, Muda felt it was necessary for these women to come together and address head-on the issues that women are dealing with. It's an experience that we've had also at Haitian Women for Haitian Refugees. Although when we first started the organization, most of the refugees were male, it just happened to be, have been started by women. And when we made a call for help, women came forward. And today, most of the women that we, most of, the, of our clients are women. About 85% of our clients are women. Because we're women, we realize um, the disparity, experience of disparities head on and then firsthand, and then we decide to, to tackle them. I think that Sonia's work gave importance to the Dominicans and Haitians. But one thing that um, we realize today that there's importance of um, the partnerships that between folks in the United States and folks in the um, DR for this particular movement of the birthrights. Just two days ago, Muda, on the, on the anniversary of Sonia's death, Muda just had an action where many of the um, people of Haitian descent living in the Dominican Republic started to speak out about Say in De December of 2007, the Dominican government took a different approach in the attacks. Normally, they used to, to attack people that are farm workers, agriculture workers, and um, co um, construction workers. So they decided to start attacking some of the professionals and students that were advancing their education. And how they did that was when they say somebody wanted to go to law school and they had lost their birth certificate a long time ago. They would go to, um, they would go and ask for a new birth certificate from the government officials, and then they would say it doesn't exist. So there are many people in that situation today, and some of these folks that were targeted were people that were working on the issue of birth rights and speaking out on behalf of their own people. So the two days ago, Muda decided to organize an action to respond to some of these um, policies, these discriminatory policies that happen today. And I just want to say that Sonia always you know, felt that it was important for the diaspora community over here to, to partner with the, the Dominicans in Dominican Republic and Dominicans of Haitian descent. Because one, the, well, the president that was there for the past few years, he was put in office basically by the Dominicans over here. So it's really important for Dominicans over here to put pressure on their government over there. Today, when we memorializing Sonia, one thing that we realize, and we, um, the co-founder of Haitian Women for Haitian Refugees, Marie Segat, always says, when we speak to Sonia's daughter, Leticia, and Manuela, is that this is their time. Their mother was their age when she started Muda. We really think it's important 
to support these women and the group of uh, the Grupo Afrodisienda that they started. They've taken an initiative to step up and taken the leadership to continue the fight that their mother had started. And I really hope that a lot of us that are here today can support, continue to support, and provide the solidarity that's necessary because that's the only way that we're going to be able to make a difference. I want to thank you all for coming out. And we're going to hear from Manuela next. Thank you very much. Buenas noches a todos los aquí presentes. Quisiera comenzar dando gracias a las personas que organizaron este evento y a todos los que de una manera u otra se trasladaron aquí para estar a, para acompañarnos el día de hoy. I would first like to thank everyone who organized the event and to everyone who um, came from afar or, or mobilized to be here tonight. Thank you very much. Ah. Bueno, voy a, a empezar diciendo que todo lo que, lo que estamos aquí hay, hemos hablado de, de mi madre de una manera u otra y hemos dicho todo en cómo ella ha influido en sus vidas. Everyone that has been here tonight has talked about my mother in different ways and how much she influenced um, our lives. En la mía, como es natural, influyó de, de una manera positiva, influyó de una manera positiva, emocional y muy, y muy admirada. In my life, in my life, she influenced in a very uh, positive, positiva y admirativa. In a very positive and admiring way. Mi madre fue para mí, desde mi visión, una líder siempre. My mother was for me, in my eyes, always a leader. Sin importarme todo lo que a diario salía en los noticieros. No matter what came out in the news every day. Para mí, cada vez que esta gran mujer llegaba a la casa, para mí llegaba mi... Llegaba la mujer más, más grande que mi, que mi corazón haya podido conocer. So every time she would go home, this great woman, for me, she was the greatest woman I've ever known in my heart. Mi madre siempre tuvo grandes luchas y grandes batallas, pero aún así nunca se rindió. Y es ese legado que ella pasa hoy a mí, a Leticia, a Carlos y a Humberto. My mother had great battles and great struggles, uh, but she never, never gave up. And that's the legacy that she gives to me, to my brother Carlos, Leticia, Humberto, and myself. Es por eso que cuando comencé a interesarme por, por esta lucha, por esta causa, cuando empecé a entender que era importante que voces se levantaran contra la injusticia que se está cometiendo en República Dominicana. So when I started to realize that it was very important to, um, to, to be part of the struggle and to the importance of knowing that it's very important to wake up to this, to this fight. Ella... Al inicio de nosotras comentar sobre un grupo que trabajara para jóvenes trabajando para jóvenes. So at the beginning we had this talk about having a group of youth working for youth. Ella fue la, la mentora 
de esto. Fue la persona que nos animó, que nos enseñó y que nos, nos dio las líneas para nosotros empezar esta iniciativa. So she was, when we had this idea, she was the mentor. She was the person who um, gave us the lead to, uh, gave us the, the way that we should do to work, to work these initiatives with the youth. Ella fue quien comenzó diciéndonos que las grandes en las grandes batallas siempre hay sangre y sudor y que nosotras íbamos a tener para echar este grupo hacia adelante dejar mucho en el camino. She was the one that said that in the great battles there's always um, um, sweat and, and blood and that we had to do that a lot and, but that would uh, forge a better way. En 2009, el grupo de afrodescendientes, después de muchas reuniones, muchas charlas y conversar mucho con mi madre, decidimos que, que deberíamos de dar a conocer este grupo. En 2009, after uh, a, a lot of meetings and uh, uh, some work that we were doing, uh, we decided that we should let the people know about this group. Cuando nosotras decidimos hacer la primera asamblea, mi madre fue una de las personas que dijo presente en ese momento y siempre creyó en el trabajo que nosotras podíamos hacer. When we had the first assemblies, my mother was one of the first people who was present and she always believed in the work, in the work that we could do. Es de esta manera que la red de jóvenes afrodescendientes con una visión auténtica y con una visión de que los jóvenes dominicanos de ascendencia haitiana tenemos derecho no por el simple hecho de haber nacido en la República Dominicana, de haber crecido allí y de hablar nuestro de hablar nuestro idioma y, y querer nuestra cultura. Uh, so this is how the the Afro Afro youth uh, group was born, and it's very authentic because it's not only about just being born there and uh, having the culture and speaking the language, but la red entendió en ese momento que los dominicanos de ascendencia haitiana, sobre todo la población joven, era la que estaba siendo golpeada, y era estos jóvenes a quien deberíamos de empoderar. The, the network, the youth network, understood that it was the youth that was the, the one that was getting the most beat up and receiving the most violence. So that's why we had to do something. Este grupo con el poco recurso, este grupo con los pocos recursos que teníamos y con el apoyo que mi madre siempre nos brindó, es que hemos podido hacer pequeñas cosas, pero que son significativas y grandes para nosotros. <coughs> So this group of uh, youth of Asian, Haitian descent, we've, uh, we are very small, but um, what is with the support of people like my mother that we've been able to do the things that we have. Quiero compartir con todos ustedes a mi madre siempre. I want to share with you all uh, uh, my mother always. Porque quiero que sepan que dentro de todo lo que nosotras hemos podido hacer desde muda, desde la red es porque nosotros nos visualizamos y nos vemos como ella. Because everything we've been able to do from Muda to the, the youth, uh, the Afro, Afro Youth uh, Network is because we visualize and we see ourselves as her. La red trabaja con una visión y una misión que ella, ella misma fue la que inspiró. Su trabajo, su fortaleza, su legado, es lo que nos va a acompañar y nos va a seguir. Um, the work that we do, the vision, the mission, is completely inspired on, on her, um, her, her legacy. And her strength are what we keep of her. Para mí, en estos momentos, estar frente, parada frente a todos ustedes, a un año de la muerte de mi madre, es algo, es un honor poder hablar de esta gran mujer, no por el hecho de ser mi madre, sino porque se ganó 
este sentimiento. For me, being here in front of you and speaking to all of you a year after my mother's death um, is, is very, is very powering. Um, not because she was only my mother, because she was a great woman. Cuando pasa la tragedia en 2010, terremoto de Haití, vi mi madre día tras día levantarse a las 3 de la mañana, tomar, tomar un equipo de jóvenes formados por la red y irse a Haití a socorrer a, estas, a los hermanos haitianos. When the earthquake happened in 2010, I would see my mother get up at 3 in the morning with a group of, of youth and, uh, and go to, uh, to Haiti to help uh, there with a group from the, from the, from the network of, of the youth network of um, Haitian descent. Vi mi madre desgastar su salud, vi mi madre llorar, vi mi madre sentir rabia y vi mi madre también llorar de alegría también. I saw my mother's um, health deteriorating. I saw my mother um, being infuriated and having rage, but I also saw my mother's happiness. Y recuerdo que me dijo hubiese querido tener más tiempo para hacer más, pero creo que ya no, ya no hay tiempo. I would, have, I would have liked to have more time to do more, but I think, I think I don't have any more time. That's what she said. Dos, tres días antes de morir, se reunió con todas las compañeras de muda y nos dijo Mujeres, aquí les dejo muda. Yo pienso que ya mi, mi tiempo, ya mi tiempo se acabó y me siento cansada. Siento que ustedes son las que tienen que seguir. So three days before she passed away, she gathered uh, the women from muda and she said, women, my time has come. Um, I feel very, very tired. Um, but here I... I I, I must go and I leave you muda. Y recuerdo que me dijo que Manuela, yo sé que es, di es difícil lo que te voy a pedir como madre, como hija, como profesional. And she also said to me, Manuela, I know it's very hard what I'm going to go I'm going to ask from you right now as I'm, as you know, as your mother, as you're my daughter and as a professional. Necesito que se levanten muchas Sonias, pero en especial necesito que la Sonia que se levante con mi espíritu sean ustedes y que desde tu, desde tu organización, desde la red de jóvenes, sigan este trabajo. I need that you rise up a lot of Sonias and I need um, that for you to do that and also within the work with the, with the youth network. El 4 de diciembre del 2011, cuatro horas antes de la muerte de mi madre, si hubiese podido leer sus ojos, hubiese sabido en ese momento que me estaba diciendo que avance sin ella. Um, on December 4th, 2011, four hours before the death of my mother, um, if If I if could have read her eyes, they were saying to go on without her. Ese día mi madre me dio la sonrisa más grande y más bella que haya podido. That day my mother gave me the most uh, biggest, most beautiful smile that I've ever seen. Y no me dijo nada más. And she didn't say anything else. Pero siempre voy a recordar que en mí, en Leticia y en cada uno de los jóvenes dominico-haitianos que, que viven en la República Dominicana debe existir y vivir su legado. But I know that in, the, in, my, in me, in Leticia and all the youth from the Dominican, uh, the Haitian Dominican Youth Network will live her legacy. Gracias a todos los aquí presentes 
y Sonia vivirá por siempre. Thank you to everyone here and Sonia always with forever. We're going to open up to questions. Um, I have a question while others are thinking about theirs. My question for anyone who's ready to speak is, what can we do? I, it, that's simply it. I mean, I think solidarity is really important right now. And maybe when, when Sonia was alive, it was really clear that through working with her and asking her what she needed, there was an easy way to help. But now um, it may be less clear. Um, and especially in light of the fact that the Constitution has changed and may not change again anytime soon. So what, what can we do? So I think it's important. I think the answer to that question, Miriam, is the same that I would have answered if Sonia was here. And when she was here, I really feel that there's always more that we can do. And um, it's not just waiting to hear about the people's heads being chopped off and, and the rapes and, and the um, mass deportations that happen after um, harvest season and just saying, you know, just shaking our heads and, and saying that's awful. But um, I think we, we, we can always take it a step further and respond to the calls like that Muda would always make and they shall continue to make as well as the Grupo Afrodesiendas in the youth movement that, as we said, this is their time. So when we have these, um, these gatherings as, such as today, it's not just to share the stories, but really it's a call for, for us to bring not just solidarity, but just to really get involved. So, so quite often we get the calls from, from um, the folks in Dominican Republic, as in Haiti, and it's just a matter of responding. Take a little time off of our regular routine and um, to make an effort. You know, to go down and visit and see, see things firsthand because it's one thing to hear and it's another thing to see and experience it. It's, you know, it's not that far. <laughs> People go there for vacation all the time. <laughs> but, and fine, but, but while, you know, why not visit with Muda and um, ask them, you know, to go in and to see things firsthand and, and you know, provide the support that we need to, to because there's no, there's no way Things seem to be moving backwards if we look at the, the ways the policy have been going in the past few years. And for us to just sit back and say that's awful and cross our arms is not enough. I'm the co Lily Surratt, Lily Surratt, the co-founder of Haitian Women for Haitian Refugees. We've worked with Muda and for many years, as Nenaj explained. I think it's important also to be to have preventive actions. It's not just waiting for answering to a disaster, the deportations or the injustices uh, to reach a grave level for us to react. I think it's important that we are daily involved, we are involved in doing preventive actions so that those things do not happen, so that this world can really be an equitable world as we all hope <laughs> to achieve one day. I just wanted to add one thing, which is just to, if this is the first time that you're hearing about this issue, just to read up more on it and learn about some of the injustices that are going on and the U.S.'s tremendous role in a lot of the things going on. Um, a few years ago, with the help of the World Bank, the Dominican government was um, developing this sort of change in their citizenship. So what they have is just like the U.S., where if you're born on U.S. Ter territory, you are a U.S. citizen, whether or not your parents are. And that's exactly what the law in the Dominican Republic is. And as they've been trying to change their constitution to exclude the children of undocumented immigrants or immigrants who are documented but are being denied their papers, they're looking to the U.S. a lot. And there's a lot of trade um, and foreign aid that goes from the U.S. So you can also influence policymakers here to pay attention and to um, follow human rights in the policies that they promote to other countries that the U.S. has a tremendous amount of influence over because of the diaspora populations here and because of the long history of U.S. military involvement in the island. In terms of helping, I guess my question is how do you help responsibly because you talk about how many people love to vacation in the Dominican Republic. And if I understand correctly, Sonia and Muda are as committed to the workers' movement as they are to the Haitian-Dominican struggle. And I, I feel the stance was any kind of boycott of the Dominican Republic would hurt 
workers in terms of tourism. So I guess my question is basically that because even though she's used and Muda has used the international platform to denounce the racist policies and practices of the Dominican government, that has also led to backlash. And so my question is, how do you help responsibly? I think that the backlash is always going to be there, and it really is just scapegoating, and we get it over here too. We have it here with the immigrants in, in the U.S., but we still, have, we still have to do what we have to do. I mean, that never, that never stopped Sonia. Um, she was fearless, but it doesn't mean that she was, she was afraid to die. She didn't like the idea, but she knew going into the work. And um, so I think the, the backlash is always going to be this, the cheap attempt to scape, scapegoating. And as, as long as there's more support coming in and, and more people standing by you, then it gets harder to, for, for the um, officials and the nationalists to do that scapegoating. And that's, that's the importance of connecting the struggles and, and um, just really just stepping up. And, and a, a lot of times, I remember when we used to go to the, um, the annual seminarios that Muda used to do, and they would bring organizers from all over, all over um, the Dominican Republic that were working on the birth rights issues and the workers' rights issues that face the Dominicans of Haitian descent and the Haitians. She would invite people, for example, from the Dominican community and, and the United States to come and you know, had interviews set up and people would just be like no-shows, you know, <laughs> the day of. There would be no shows, and and I understand that people have family in the Dominican Republic, and and they face that that same backlash from their family members, and they might be more outspoken over here in the states. But you know, without us being outspoken altogether everywhere, <laughs> the more the more of us that speak out about it, the more of us that that learn more about it, that read more about it, that spread the word about it. The, the harder it is for that backlashing to happen. Hi, um, my question is, is there any way to take attention, like immediate attention to the matters that are going on in the DR and how to, because a lot of people don't have any knowledge of what's going on. And I think that if you make more noise, then there is a higher probability to take action in the matter. Um, why is it that, is there a reason why this matter is not being open to the eyes of the rest of the world? Pienso que una de, una de, la, de las cosas por las cuales esas situaciones no se conocen. I think one of the reasons why the situations are not known es porque la prensa en República Dominicana nunca va a dar cobertura a este tipo de acciones. It's because the Dominic, the president of the Dominican Republic is never going to cover uh, these type of actions. Como, como algunos sabemos, la prensa dominicana, los periódicos, eh, todo esto responden a intereses. Hay sectores de poder en República Dominicana que no les interesa que esta situación llegue. So, as some of us know, the, the media, the mainstream media in the Dominican Republic is response to certain interests, and certain interests are not interested in these things to be known. Mas, sin embargo, no hacen nada para que esto mejore tampoco. And they don't do anything for also for the situation to get better. Pienso que, que la mejor manera de, de nosotros eh, dar, a, dar esto a conocer son este tipo de eventos con el apoyo de todos ustedes y, y a, a creando redes, redes donde nosotros podemos llevar la voz de persona a persona, porque si nos quedamos esperando la ayuda de la prensa nunca va a llegar. So I think the best way to actually uh, you know, face this is what we're doing right now, this type of events where people come and they know, and creating networks, and networks where people just uh, keep telling each other, uh, between each other, um, because if we sit, sit around and wait for the press to cover it, nothing's going to happen. Gracias. Thank you. Um, I would like to really thank the uh, organizers of the event. In my union um, last year, I'm a member of 1199 CIU. And shortly after Sonia passed away, we did a labor, three unionist meeting in her memory. I had the privilege 
of meeting Sonia in 1984, 1985, and in August of 2011, I was there at Indiana. And so with a delegation from the Dominican uh, Women's Development Center, and Sonia came from Santo Domingo to see us at, at Leogán, where we stayed at the Casa Refugio, the refugee house that she, she set up for children uh, that were left orphans after the um, earthquake. Uh, and, and I'm a Dominican. And I would just like to, to raise this, that um, the question is raised, what can we do? I think um, those of us in the Dominican and in the Haitian diaspora, and a lot of people that fight for social justice in this country, especially in New York, with the population we have here, we need to develop the message to go out there. The racist Dominican press is not going to make an echo of the situation of Haitians in the Dominican Republic. I think those of us here in New York or wherever we are around the world, the same way we fight for the rights of undocumented workers, we need to link that struggle to the treatment of Haitians in the Dominican Republic. Because here in the US, we complain when the racist right wing talks about anchor babies and denying citizenship to the children of undocumented workers. But they will remain silent when the Dominican government does the same thing, when they exploit Haitian women, Haitian men, Haitian children, and we need to create, and I believe, um, the system is that we need to create those uh, networks, create those rights of, of exchange. But I think the movement here in the world needs to make has a special responsibility. Because in the Dominican Republic, they were very easily shot by the cops or tear gas. I've been arrested in New York and seen protests, I don't know how many times, and I have never been tear gas in New York. But I think all of us in this room need to become uh, a voice. Um, and, and not because we feel sorry, but because it's a time obligation to do that. Thank you. Um, uh, good evening. Um, with the recent uh, protests going on in the Dominican Republic, especially in Santo Domingo, against uh, the corruption of uh, government and uh, the demand for um, you know GDP four percent for education, has has that helped uh, in the movement to right the wrongs against the Dominicans of Haitian descent? Se han hecho varias protestas por el cuatro por ciento a la educación, la reforma fiscal y, bueno, cosas que están en la cosas que están en la nueva constitución también que afectan directamente a los dominicanos de ascendencia haitiana. So, first thing is there's been a, a few a few protests. One of them is uh, about the the fiscal reduction and the other one is the 4% for the education and other things that are in the constitution that definitely directly affect um, dominicans of Haitian descent. Eh, nosotras en la organización tenemos una política. Tenemos que nosotras eh, apoyam, apoyamos todas las, las protestas que se hacen dentro del país, porque no porque entendamos que son eh, justas o injustas, sino porque afectan a la población do, dominicana, dominicana de ascendencia haitiana o cualquier otra nacionalidad que esté viviendo allá. So in the organization, what we have, our policy is that we support all protests because they will end up being the betterment of everyone in the country. That includes Dominicans, Dominicans of Haitian descent, and everyone else. Y de, de la pregunta que si nos ayuda, nos ha ayudado en gran manera, porque El 4% a la educación, aunque no seamos todos los dominicanos de ascendencia haitiana que estamos asistiendo a la escuela, ya por lo menos el 4% a la universidad pública fue aprobado. So, in directly answering your question about does it help, especially the, the 4% uh, campaign or the 4% protest, yes, it does, because... Um, the the from from us organizing from the Dominicans from Haitian descent, it has helped us because that's four percent already in that's going to the university. So um, ahora que se vayan a aplicar los fondos es otra cosa. <laughs> so now that they actually implement uh, the funding, that's another issue. En cuanto a, al artículo del aborto en la en 
en la Constitución también hemos tenido un gran avance. Ah, ya, eh, lo, lo han tomado en consideración para, para ser reformado. And also with the article about abortion, it's also we've had great advances towards that. Basically, they're already considering um, to, be, to be taken on. So. La tasa de mortalidad en las jóvenes, en las comunidades, es muy elevada, ya sea por la falta de, de atención médica, saben las distancias que hay que recoger de un batey a un, a, a un centro médico y por lo menos... Eh, en, esta, en, este, en esta parte también estamos trabajando las organizaciones. So the other thing that the organizations are working on is in um, mortality rates of uh, young women, as, um, for example, for access to um, healthcare, especially because of how far away the batés are um, and what happens when they can't get on time to seek medical care. Okay, y en cuanto el We're último, working on that. Eh, el último artículo que voy a citar que me parece importante es en cuanto a la penalidad eh, cómo está siendo cómo este artículo eh, está siendo también enviado a revisión por las protestas que hemos hecho las diferentes instituciones ya que también nuestros jóvenes eh, están siendo juzgados de forma no no justa so in the last article that I'm going to cite is about penalties And it's basically something else that we're working on that directly af affects the youth because, um, because uh, what is the penalty? The penalty of criminality. Sobre el artículo. Eh, ¿Tú quieres que yo hable del artículo? No. Quiero que repitas lo último que dijiste, por favor. Ok. Sobre. sobre... Hay un problema. Sobre el artículo. Sobre. Es, es el artículo en el Código Penal que habla sobre. Eh, que cita lo de la. lo del cancelamiento lo injusto que está haciendo eh, este artículo y cómo se está aplicando a la persona, claro está, a la persona que no tiene... So what I'm talking about the penalty is about the article that is the, the way it's being applied to people and how unjust it is, so that's what we're mobilizing. Around. Incarceration. Incarceration, yes, that was the word that was said. Manuela, te quiero dar la gracia por venir y representar la gran obra que es tu mamá, que yo tuve el honor de conocerla muy breve y no fue suficiente el tiempo que yo pasé con ella, pero yo sé que ella está presente y que ella está muy orgullosa de ti. Um, but what I wanted to comment was really to, uh, toward us. So we have a phenomenal panel of people who are telling us the kinds of things that they're working on. And we here in the United States are in a really great position to do some work. And I know for myself personally, as a Dominican woman born in the United States, I understand the great responsibility that comes with our parents who came as immigrants to this nation and the education that we've been afforded. And so I know that personally I came tonight ready to work. I came ready to work, so whatever it is that There are not a lot of leaders, activists, a lot of community people here. I'm here, I'm ready to work. And so I, I don't want to waste it. I mean, we've been to panels like this where people talk about doing stuff and then they leave and they have a conversation and dialogue, Facebook, and then we don't do anything. So I'm ready to take an action. Thank you. Before we close, I just wanted to give Leticia Pierre a moment to, to speak because she did come here to be with us. And um, anything that you'd like to say, Leticia, about Grupo uh, Afrodescendientes moving forward? Buenas noches. Good evening. Bueno, ya yo vi que todo el mundo tiene una Sonia a quien contar. I am already seeing that everyone has a Sonia to talk about. Y eso me hace muy feliz porque cada persona que ha hablado hoy me ha revivido una parte de mi madre. And that makes me very happy because every person that has spoken here tonight has revived a part of my mother. Um, 
como decía Manuela, cuando formamos la red de joven, teníamos una visión que, a, que el 4 de diciembre de, del 2011 cambió. Y cambió de manera... So, when, as Manuela, my sister, was talking about when we formed the, the youth network, uh, that we had a vision that changed um, after the de December 4th. Cambió porque muda es muda, y, pero nosotras como hijas nos quedamos con una visión la cual ella nos decía que yo a veces le decía, mami, yo siento que no hemos avanzado. So, um, because muda es muda, but we're her daughter, so I would sometimes tell her, mami, I feel like we haven't, we haven't moved along, we haven't progressed. Y ella me dijo, sí hemos avanzado, porque lo que vivieron nuestros ancestros, el, los latigazos, el sol, el sudor, la sangre, hoy nosotros no lo vivimos. Yes, and she would say, yes, we have moved forward because what our ancestors lived through, um, uh, the flagellation, the, the sun, um, all the, the abuse, we haven't lived that. Ella me decía que la raza negra siempre pare muchos corazones valientes y de coraje. My mother would say that um, the black race would, um, would breed uh, very, very brave hearts and of courageous of courageous and brave hearts. And ella me dijo, por ejemplo, mira a Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, y yo le decía, yo el día cuatro dije, y tú también. So she would say, um, look, Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, and then on the uh, the day, the fourth, December fourth, I said, and you too. Um. Pero ahora la visión es seguir su legado, es no dejar que ese libro siga creando muertos civiles. And now it is the vision is to continue her legacy that do not allow that that book, the law book, to create more dead people. Que sea ahora ya su voz no está, pero cada vez que Nosotros como dominicanos de ascendencia haitiana gritemos. Yo sé que detrás estará su voz retumbando. So her voice is not presently here anymore, but every time all of us um, from Haitian descent scream, her voice is within us uh, with that roar. Y para terminar, quiero darle la gracia es como yo digo a dos angelitos que mi mamá me dejó que me han enseñado que el amor no tiene fronteras ni tierra ni agua so to, to finish up I want to thank the, the little angels that my mom left me that taught me that love has no frontiers no land no water que es a Lili y Ninash que es a Lili y Lina. Okay. Okay. Muchas gracias por esta gran apoyo.